Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Art of the Assistant. Man, this is an exciting episode for multiple reasons. One, it's exciting because we get to thank you as our listeners for helping us reach a 1,000 downloads of our podcast. Now, I know some of you probably get a 1,000 an episode. Good for you. But for us, this was huge. And thank you so much for just being our listeners and downloading those episodes and just taking in the information that we are giving to you. It's a real blessing to be able to do this podcast and just a blessing to be able to hit that 1,000 download mark. Pretty exciting for us on this side of things. And before we begin, I also just want to give an announcement. A good friend of mine, Greg Powell from Chattanooga, Tennessee, is looking to hire an assistant. And he knows we have several assistants listening to this podcast. So if you're finding yourself in a transition or coming up looking for a transition, Greg is the pastor of Calvary Baptist Church in Chattanooga. And you can find their church website at calvaryredbank.org or there on Facebook. If you want to email a resume, you can email greg.pow, P-O-W-E-L-L, at calvaryredbank.org. And before we get started, just let me apologize for the sound quality of this podcast. We've been working through some mic issues and mixer issues. I think we finally have it figured out, but you will have some buzz coming on this podcast, and Carrie and I will seem like we're a little far away. I do apologize, but from this point on, we should be in good shape as far as the quality of our podcast is concerned. Thank you for your patience. Now I get to introduce our podcast today. Dan and I were able to interview our wives, Carrie and Holly, for this podcast. They were very willing to come on with a little kicking and screaming, but I think you will, and even your wives will, find this very interesting and as a down-to-earth conversation about being a pastor's wife, expectations, and even what it's like to have crazy kids when serving in the ministry. Enjoy our podcast today. Art of the Assistant, brought to you from the hills of almost heaven, West Virginia, a podcast created to encourage and assist those who are sitting in the second chair of their ministries and organizations. I'm afraid many times in ministry, we we have a tendency to feel like people expect more from us than maybe they do, or maybe as men, we feel like that our wives should be doing more and, and even put an expectation upon them that's not fair. And so Carrie and Holly come with a great balance. They both had um, ladies in their lives, senior pastors' wives that they worked under that were set a great example for them as well, and they're going to share some of that with us today. So as we get started, we'll start off um, with Holly across the table. So Holly, just briefly, if you can tell us, and Dan won't remember, but how many years you've been <laughs> married and maybe ministry or you were in the assistant pastor role. Um, we have been married. It'll be 18 years this June, and we've been in ministry for about 15 years. Um, probably, I would say, nine of those as an assistant in the role of an assistant Okay, and children. We have three children by by birth and one child by God's providence is how we explain it. Um, we have a. I explain it as our uh, redheaded stepchild. He's not a stepchild, <laughs> though. <laughs> but he is redheaded. He is redheaded. Um, so Jesse is 26 years old. He came to live with us when he was 15. He had gotten saved through our youth ministry at the church, um, an after-school program, and started attending the church, and his father was moving, called the church and said, he's not coming with me. Um, And so through much prayer, um, 
and Holy Spirit leading, Jesse came to live with us. And then we have Jeffrey, who is now 16. And then we have Olivia, who is seven, and Cameron, who is five. Very good. And Jeffrey's the one that makes my coffee for me on Thursday mornings when I come in to record on the podcast. Uh That's great. Good boy. All right. So Carrie and I have been married um, 18 years, served in the role of an assistant pastor, assistant pastor's wife for 14 years, and then been working here at the church going on seven years in May um, in the role as pastor and pastor's wife. And so as we get started, again, first off, let's talk about expectations. And, you know, um, again, sometimes I don't think it's fair, uh, the expectations that sometimes we try to put on our wives, guys, or expect from them when just the nature of being married to us is enough. (laughs) And we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But, Carrie, you know, going into our first ministry or even coming here, you know, Uh, to faith, this was home for you and where it was, did you feel any pressure at all to live up to uh, the pastor's wife's status or the pastor's wives before you or felt any pressure to be maybe somebody that you weren't? No, I didn't. um, My my pastor's wife growing up, she was always very behind the scenes, quiet. She didn't make a big deal of being the pastor's wife. Everybody just loved her for who she was. She taught the kids ministry and um, still comes to church when she's able. And I'm not the kind of person who looks at a pastor's family and expects more. I don't know. I just never have. And I've never felt the pressure. People might think that way toward us. I don't know. I don't ask. (laughs) But I just know that we're all sinners saved by grace and we're just doing what we can do. And I don't, I've never felt that pressure. Yeah, I know when we first um, moved here, I don't know what our boys were doing. There is no telling what our boys were doing. And one of the ladies in the church who also had a a young child said, man, it's so good to see your boys running and doing flips or whatever here in the church. It makes us um, feel a little more normal about our kids because your kids are bad too. Yeah, (laughs) right. You know, it's like, eh. Um, Yeah, but I I had this conversation, you know, just yesterday. Foolishness is bound on the heart of a child. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if you're a pastor's kid or a missionary kid or just a kid foolishness is bound in the heart of the child and and so that's to be expected so holly how about you ministry wise did you feel that pressure did you have any um inkling that, that people felt that you weren't doing or everything that you should be i i can't say that at all actually growing up we served in our home church it's the only church i had ever known and our pastor's wife was also very much behind the scenes she was a great mentor she gave much liberty and freedom in learning also, being a church plant, there is no expectations yeah. of <laughs> we we um we have very gracious church family, and um, I often have to tell my ladies, I probably messed that one up, and I'm sorry, you know, and they love me anyway. Um, but I love the fact that Dan and I are both um, first generation ministry. ministry. Yeah. You know, no one in our families before us were in ministry. So we have no idea what we're doing, and it's a learning and a growing process. And I'm actually grateful that we're first-generation ministry people because those expectations, the fishbowl mentality, we don't have. We didn't see it and experience it. Therefore, we don't even think about it mm-hmm. until we hear other people say, you know, my kids have to be like this or right. like that. And, and our response is a lot of times, why? <laughs> yeah. You know, Why? Yeah. Why is there even that expectation there? Um, I, I was thinking, 
when when you guys went into uh, your assistant positions, was that ever a conversation in the hiring process? Did the pastor ever say, this is the expectation for your wife or your family? Or um, was it just, we're hiring you as the assistant, bottom line, and everything else has just kind of worked itself out? I was never part of that conversation. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, um, I know the conversation asked, what do you expect of my wife, you know, along the way? And I think that's a good, that needs to be right one of the top questions, you know, because you need to know. Um, I was just thinking when you were talking about your kids, one, uh, a past, a, an adult pastor's kid used to, would tell me that when they were little, their dad, he was a pastor, would say, don't do that, you're a pastor's kid. And I promised I would never do that to my kids, because right. that's why you don't. That's not why you don't do something wrong. You don't do something wrong because it's wrong and it displeases God. So I've never put that pressure on my kids. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, I'll say, you're a spicer. You're not doing that. <laughs> or um, that's not how you represent the Lord. But I will never say, don't do that because you're a pastor's mm-hmm. kid. Or you'll hurt his ministry. That's not even a mm-hmm. thought. It never is a thought in my mind. But you yeah. hear that. Yeah, people. that is true. I can think of uh, a pastor's kid who said we just never, we never did that because we didn't want to hurt dad and we didn't want to hurt uh, the ministry. Um, that's that's uh, unrealistic expectations. Unrealistic. Um, well, you you can't. You can never meet that. You know. Well, it's not his ministry. I mean, ultimately, it's God's ministry, and people set ministry f- um, families on these pedestals, and they'll ultimately get knocked down every single time. There's no level of perfection. Although I will say my pastor's wife, I make joke, but I'm I'm pretty serious. She's like Jesus's first cousin. Like she is (laughs) next to perfection. There's no one better than Miss Kim. (laughs) There's just not. Um, So I say that in jest, but also very seriously. Um, They probably are like close kin to Jesus himself. Um, But it's not... Our ministry is the Lord's ministry, and if I teach my children to love the Lord and to want to serve Him, ministry has nothing to do with that. It's the relationship with Him. That's good. So, so coming up, um, Carrie and I are the same way. Uh, my dad was a maintenance man, retired, um, and Carrie's dad was worked here in, in Morgantown. Both of our dads were deacons, but not necessarily, you know, in any type of preaching ministry. Both Sunday school teachers just served in the church. And and so um, did you feel like the assistant pastors that came through, their wives provided an example for you as well that, that you look back now and think, oh, I remember how she did that. And, and um, you know, I guess I see myself right there now as well. So Holly, how about you? Did you have that, any uh, youth pastor's wife, or maybe it was Miss Kim that you're talking about that was, that you can look back and say, man, that's a big impact on my life coming up? So I didn't have, growing up, our youth leader and his wife were just lay people in the church. Mm -hmm. And so they had jobs, they did their own, you know, they had their own family, and it wasn't ministry as in full-time, it was just um, something they loved to do. My senior year of high school was the first time the church hired a youth pastor. And I loved them as a couple, but I was a senior. Um, I didn't have loyalty necessarily to anybody. And they were learning. They were fresh out of Bible college. They were young. So I remember enjoying them and being fun, but I I can't necessarily say that the impact was there. Mm -hmm. However, if I go back to my junior high years, we had an older lady who taught the junior high girls Sunday school, 
and she forever, I mean, you know, she's always taught it. I can't remember a time that she wasn't teaching. Probably one of the greatest influences and mentors in my life. And when we got married and started into that role as assistant pastor and youth ministry leadership, now we are her leaders. And she is our, you know, she was my Sunday school teacher. But still to this day, probably one of the greatest influences in my life was not a paid staff member, but was just a faithful church member who who gave and committed to mentorship and follow-up. You know, it was not just a Sunday school class. Yeah. It was a lifestyle, and it was awesome. That's great. That's really good. Very good. All right, so so changing gears a little bit then. Um, everybody listening, I know you guys were not, your listeners are not the same position that I'm sure we were. Um, just trying to make ends meet. I know all of you are, are just very wealthy <laughs> and and have money just flowing in. Well, now we have all kinds of money coming, but not from jobs, from government. But anyway, when we started off, obviously, um, we were young. You know, it didn't money didn't matter. This is where we're supposed to be. Let's just praise the Lord, serve the Lord, and go. But then that's great until one child, two children, three, these kids like to eat. Things are going on. Money's a little tight. And, you know, in a marriage, money's one of the, the number one causes of frustration and divorce and separation. And I think even in ministry families, that money can become an issue. And so looking back and, and thinking about our lives, Carrie, as we were getting started in ministry and, and just some things as we bought our first home that we just didn't have money to fill it. But if you can, um, how did we do that with, with separate jobs or God provide? What are some things that you remember when we first got started? Well, I think it helps that neither of us came from affluence. <laughs> yeah. We were used to going with that if we had to. It wasn't that big of a deal to us. But um, I worked until we had kids, so we had two incomes. That was great until... The Mexican restaurant off the street quit. liked it. <laughs> yeah. So then I had to find something I could do, and this is something I want to, I've encouraged my children. You need to find a talent and build it so that if you ever need to make money on the side, you've got a talent or an ability you can use. Like for me, it was teaching music lessons. And um, at one point, Treg did teaching Taekwondo. Um, owned his school, things you need to do just to be able to get creative. So that's what we did until I was able to teach again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to say, and we've said this before, we never saw answered prayers and blessings as much as we did when we were the <laughs> hurting financially. And I even kept a blessing book of all the things that I prayed for and got answered, or I didn't even pray for, hadn't even prayed for it yet, and got answered it. Little things like, I needed a piano for my house, and I was talking to his grandma, she wanted to see her house, and she said, oh, I have an extra one, I'll let you have mine. (laughs) And I got a piano, but it didn't have a piano bench. And so I thought, well, now Lord, I need a piano bench. (laughs) And I was showing, we were showing uh, other friends the house we just moved into, and I said, yeah, I need a piano bench. She goes, I have two. I'll give you one. I'm like, who has two piano benches? Just right. yeah. And it matched piano exactly the same style, the same color. It looked like mm-hmm. it came with it. And just so many stories like that that we were talking before this. We don't know, we don't know how our bills got paid because the budgets didn't match. Right. But people would hand us, I mean, they must have felt sorry for us. They'd hand us $100 <laughs> bills when they shook our hand coming out of church on Sunday. And, I mean, it was pretty cool to see. Yeah. How about you guys? Pretty similar. 
um, when we first got married, I did a lot of in-home childcare. Um, I, yeah, I did a lot when we lived away, when we lived here. I mean, in both roles as assistant pastor, I did do. Of course, it was in the first year that we had Jeffrey. So, right. um, you know, it wasn't like, you know, we had this right. season where it was just us. Right. Um, but we did, um, we did struggle on two different occasions, um, on one occasion in a ministry, things like, um, I don't want to, to rob you the opportunity to struggle. Mm. So the mentality of, you know, struggling is, well, build good Christian character, um, really hurt at the time. Mm-hmm. You didn't, you don't, you don't understand how that, and on the same, on the same hand, um, not that I'm an advocate for government funding. However, it was also negative, like you couldn't get help. Mm-hmm. So the job may not pay that much, but I also can't seek help otherwise. So that was, that was a difficult season. And another instance um, in a different ministry, we were living at, I don't know, how would you describe it? Um, <laughs> well... We, we were brought in under um, the understanding that um, you know, we were going to have housing, and the housing ended up being a converted Sunday school classroom. Oh, wow. um, and we were there for... Six months. It was... Oh, um, with a, so, a one-and-a-half-year-old. So oh, listen, so oh, it, th- those are times that, uh, you know, that I, I look back and think, you know what? I struggled a lot less than Holly did in, in that instance. I, I was still in school. I was working. She was stuck in the Sunday school classroom. Maybe, you know, a little bit bigger than the room that we're in right now uh, and sharing uh, a kitchen and sharing a, a bathroom. And we were stuck, though. We didn't have the, you know, financial support to be able to do anything else. And so uh, things like that you don't think of. Uh, but you go through it, and it does make you stronger. It does. And, um, I, I think that we have to be careful. Sometimes you learn uh, from people that uh, you think, man, when I am in that position, or if I'm in that position, I want to do things exactly mm-hmm. like they did. And then you learn from people where you think, if I ever get in that position, I never want to, to do it like that. Mm-hmm. But you'd learn. You learn from both of those instances. And uh, for us, those were a couple. It was tough stuff, but it grew us. It grew us together. Um, I think I think our marriage grew stronger through those hardships, and our relationship with the Lord grew stronger through those hardships because obviously man will let you down every single time, but God never fails. And so, you know, how bills got paid, I have no idea. How food shows up, I do not know. But that was God. I mean, you, you literally saw the hand of God in every instance because and, it was hard. <laughs> in some of those instances, if you were, if you were talking to um, the person on the other side of the desk, I'm sure that uh, there were disappointments, you know, in, in, from their perspective of those situations as well. Um, but I think what we have to realize um, on, on the part of the assistant that our wives and our families actually, I don't want to say suffer, but they, they're really affected by those things a lot more than we are. Uh, 
sometimes we're full steam ahead and we're not thinking about we're not thinking about housing. Uh, we're not thinking about um, you know maybe some of the things that are important. Security. I mean, security is super important to uh, to our wives, and if they don't feel that, you know, we can we can go and not think anything of it. But you know, that's gonna that's gonna affect them a lot more. And the other thing, uh, just kind of in that same vein, is um, every one of us are gifted differently. You were talking earlier when we were having lunch um, about someone uh, who said that their pastor was a type A, they're a type B, mm-hmm. right? Um, but, you know, last week Steve Miller said if two people are thinking alike, you know, there's not need of one of them. Um, so it, along that same line, every, pa- every assistant's wife is going to have a different ability. Holly can't teach music lessons, you know, like you can. I'm just average. Um, <laughs> but uh, but there, there are things that she brings to the table. Um, and so going into a, a position, we were always family ministry. Mm-hmm. Let's jump in as a family. If we're putting tables and chairs up, we're doing it as a family. Mm-hmm. He's not going to go do it by himself. I can, we can do it together. Yeah. That's just how our approach to ministry has always been all in. Yeah, and I think we've been the same. And, you know, I think sometimes you know, in that position, um, you know, the assistant pastor needs an assistant too, and many times that falls into the wife. It's true. You know, so we do do that together. And, and I think that's what makes things hard maybe sometimes on the wife is as men we're carrying that burden of ministry, so we just need to share it. Who are we going to tell? Not our pastors because right. a lot of times that frustration is there. So it lands on our wives. And, and now the wives have got to process that too and, and that frustration. And that, that can be a difficult task. And, you know, learning to balance that and to work that is, um, is not easy all the time yeah. as, we, as we go through some of those trials and, and through some of those hardships. But God's faithful in and through, in and through it all and to see his hand, hand there. So in the, in the area then of children, and and having children and and getting children um, into church or in, into there. Has there been any instances where you would say, and again, I'm putting you all on the spot, that you might have to think for a second that your kids have done very very good jobs in humbling us or humbling you um, as a parent. You know, whether they said something or they've done something that you know, really makes us think, hmm, I have failed as a parent. Every single day. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's my motto. My children will keep me humble. Hmm. Um, I don't know, Holly. There's there's probably a, a few times. Um, Behavior-wise, our, our kids have never been, they're, they're pretty compliant for the most part. They're, they're, they're kids. Now, they're not like the rebellious um, mentality. They're, they're rambunctious, but not rebellious. Is that a true statement? Mostly, yeah. Mostly. <laughs> our, uh, our seven-year-old, she was very colicky as an infant. Um, she, she was rough. She was our, um, for this child I prayed. I mean, we had an eight-year gap of, of trying for another baby. Mm-hmm. And when the Lord finally gifted us 
her what a blessing she is now. Um, she it, cried for the first two years. She of her cried life. for the first two wow. years. So she had acid reflux. She was colicky, and then I think she just became cantankerous. Like she didn't know anything else, um, and so really she cried for two years. No exaggeration. I mean, it was rough, and no one, no one really wanted to be around her. So, um, so that was that was a rough. That was a really rough season, but at four years old, she got saved, and I've never seen a transformation in a child like I did. She's a, a different kid. Adult, for that matter. True. <laughs> um, and if you, you could ask anybody in our church, anyone in our family, Olivia is a completely different person or child now because Jesus came into her heart. Um, so she's humbled us on many, many, many <laughs> occasions. But a funny one was Jeffrey. We were raising support for the church plan mm-hmm. and traveling from church to church to church, you know. Um, and that, you know, that was hard uh, in, in, in that scenario because she was crying and oh, just... Yeah. All the time, yeah. yeah. Go ahead, I'm sorry. When Jeffrey was potty training. <laughs> <laughs> so some, some churches... Um, you know, don't believe the boy should wear shorts or whatever. And at the church that we were in at that time, that wasn't an issue. He was only, he was little. The air conditioner wasn't working. The the air conditioner wasn't working in the nursery. And so I would take my son to church in shorts because it was hot. And, um, in, in a laughing conversation, um, our pastor had said, you know, he visited, he was visiting. Right. And we went out to eat following. They come to Ohio where we were. And, you know, that I see what's happening. You know, you're letting your kid wear shorts to church, that kind of a deal. Fast forward to we are now back home on staff, on staff and we were potty training Jeffrey. Now, we're, we're living out in the country, <laughs> and I had told Jeffrey, you might want to edit, edit this out, I don't know, <laughs> but I had told Jeffrey, if you've, if you've got to go, just and, and we have one go. bathroom. I mean, so if you got to go, just go out on the porch and go, you know. And uh, so that was in his mind. Um, go so ahead. After, uh, no, go ahead. Honey. <laughs> so after a Sunday morning church service at the church that um, we were on staff, they have this like carport or portico or whatever you call it in a nice ledge off of it. And we're talking with church families and our pastor gets in his car and he drives around the corner. And about that time, we turn around and Jeffrey has dropped his drawers <laughs> facing the main road, which happens to be where our pastor is driving in front of, just bearing it all and is going to the bathroom. And he pulls around and he says, that's what happens when you let your kids wear shorts to church. Um, and it was hysterical, but it was one of those moments. I was like, oh! um, and I'll tell one more story on Jeffrey. When we were in youth ministry, every Wednesday we took the kids on teen visitation. Lots of teenagers. You know, I'm trying to like not parent necessarily. I'm trying to to be in leadership, we get in the church van, and we take off, and Jeffrey's probably five-ish, maybe six even, I don't know, but he's always been his own little world, like that's just, he doesn't need, he can entertain himself, so he's running around the church parking lot, we pull out, and the teenagers are all like, isn't that Jeffrey in the parking lot? Luckily, it was just a U-turn. I mean, it wasn't wasn't bad, yeah. you know. So in those try bribing teenagers. Not like, don't tell your parents <laughs> what just happened. Don't yeah. tell them that we forgot our son in the parking lot. Um, so yeah, that brings up though an interesting point. You know, our kids they were ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you bring that point up. I'm thinking, man, how many times we just throw those kids in the vans with the teenagers, right, and take off. Mm-hmm. And our kids loved it. You know. Yeah. 
you know, they did. That was part of the ministry for them. They did love it, and they saw that. But what choice? You had one of two choices. I do it all myself, or we do it as a family. Right, right. And, and I wouldn't trade that as far as family ministry goes and being able to be part of that, whether we were going to the Christian camp or wherever. I was thinking of the time we were in North Carolina, and you, we had the college kids over, and the kids weren't in school. Oh, yeah. But we, they had to go to bed at a certain time. And our kids are compliant, but they're kids. And this, how old was Coleman? Five, um, six. We told him to go to bed, and they kept, <laughs> he kept coming, coming out. out to get a drink. And all the college kids, and he was it was like midnight, one o'clock in the morning, and I'm sure we were loud, but he kept coming out to get a snack and to get a drink, and then he needed this, and then he couldn't sleep. And so Dad, Treg said, don't get your head off this pillow. You go pillow. to bed, and I don't want that head to come off that pillow, son. So he, we found him an hour later asleep outside our bedroom, our living room door, it, on his pillow. He had scooted it all the way down <laughs> the hallway. So he obeyed. Right. But he wanted to be part of the action. Our kids loved being part of the teams mm-hmm. in the college and career. Yeah. yeah. You know, just, just have them involved. I mean, there are aspects of protection. You know, I'm not going to leave them alone with teenagers right. and things like that. But at the same time, to be part of that ministry, they're just with us. And that's what they did. And, and I, think that's, I think that's valuable. Well, our goal was for our children to grow up and not be like, I will never be in the ministry. Yes. Because it mm-hmm. was awful. I never saw my dad. Or the people were so mean to my dad, or they don't hear that, you know. They right. Don't, um, they don't see. The, I don't. I don't think they see the downside. Mm-hmm. I think they've done well. And even when we would take them to the nursing home on Sundays when they wanted to stay home, we'd be like, "We're getting ice cream afterwards." Right. We made it fun, as fun as we could. And um, I don't know that they've ever complained about being a pastor's kid, to my knowledge. But yeah, maybe behind our backs. <laughs> yeah. You guys yeah. ask, it might be different. That's important. You know, uh, one of my jobs as an assistant is we would run people to airport, and mm-hmm. the nearest international airport for us was uh, either Pittsburgh or, which was a couple hours away, or if it was an international flight, a lot of times it was DC. And there was a Chuck E. Cheese right there uh, on the way. And so I'd take the kids with us, and, um, you know, we'd drop off the missions team flying here. Yeah. But I would make it a point. I think this is important. I'd make it a point to say, you know why we're at Chuck E. Cheese? Because we're in the ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we get to do this. We get to do this. Yeah. And we get these little extra days, and we get these little extra times because we're in the ministry. Mm-hmm. If I was working a regular job, you know, we wouldn't get, we wouldn't be able to do this, yeah. you know. Uh, so make it a fun and, and exciting for them. Even if you're struggling, um, don't let your kids know that. Right, you know? right. So, yeah. No, that's, that's really good. No, I think that's important uh, for us to be able to do that. So, Carrie, um, I'm in, we're in North Carolina. I'm, we've got four kids under five. Describe a Sunday morning. I would get everybody to their classes, and I would sit down in the nursery sweating. And I'm all, I'm a cold-natured person, so for me to sweat is, I had to be pretty tired. And I would just sit, and I would just breathe. And then <laughs> they would ever laugh at me. They're like, what are you doing? And i just catching my breath. It's been a long morning. Mm. And then I would go to my class. Because I'd be up early and out. Right, yeah. So then I'd leave Carrie behind with kids. and, and We had and church started at 9.15 in Ohio. Mm-hmm. That was hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there was there was those aspects of it where looking back, there I don't even know. I I'm sure I wasn't supposed to be there early. I just went early because I felt like I needed to be there early. Right. And somebody should have kicked me in the backside and said, "You 
come in with your family and help your mm-hmm. wife with these kids. Right. And if the pastor required it, which he didn't, but there should have been a negotiation saying, Pastor, I understand, but with the kids the ages they are, um, I just need to be home and helping my wife and, and trying to get here, you know, in that way. Because it was, I remember, she she hated Sunday mornings mm-hmm. because she was on her own with four kids trying to get them ready. And, she, I mean, shoes on, and then they were all in car seats. And, right. I mean, that's it's not easy. Yeah. And, and that's not the way Sunday should be. So, guys, if you're listening and that's what you're doing, um, figure something out. Yeah. Along those lines. Well, that was a quick 30 minutes. It was. And, um, <laughs> ladies, thank you for joining us. I hope it was an encouragement to all of you listening. If Again, as you know, our email addresses are open. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or just need to talk, that's what we're there for, and that's why we're doing this podcast. It's not um, for any other reason but for you and to encourage you and help you as you follow the Lord's calling and the role of an assistant.